On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks fell 7-3 to the Washington Capitals last night as Alex Ovechkin scored a hat-trick to reach 800 goals on his career. I'll get into the disastrous defensive performance from the Blackhawks, plus an updated look at the Connor Bedard watch across the entire NHL. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Wednesday, December 14th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2. Or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, then please make sure to go and show some support first by following the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well, which I always greatly appreciate. And the best part about it all is that it's 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast. So go and follow the show right now, and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And if you're not already watching the video version of today's episode, then you got to be sure to go and check out Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. Every episode moving forward, folks, it's going to have a video uploaded to YouTube as well. So if you haven't done so already, please do me a huge favor, go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. It's also 100% for free. It only takes, you know, two seconds to click that button, and it really does help me out tremendously. So please make sure to go and do that. Make sure to also go and smash the like button on this video down below. And last, go and ring the bell, turn on those push notifications, and that way you can get notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right. Good morning, everyone. Thank you all again for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your first listen here to start off your day. To kick things off this morning, folks, history was made last night at the United Center. Sadly, at the expense of our Chicago Blackhawks is Alex Ovechkin The great eight, of course, entered last night's game with 797 career goals, just three shy of becoming the third player in NHL history to reach 800 for their career. And that was basically the entire talk going into this matchup. The ESPN broadcast was really pumping the tires of Ovi. uh, And basically, you know, they had him mic'd up, giving him a ton of interviews. Every time they interviewed Peter Laviolette, they were asking him about Ovechkin. It really was the Alex Ovechkin pregame show heading into last night's game. And hey, I'm not going to lie. I was talking about it on the show yesterday as well. And I said we very well could see Ovi hit 800 considering the Blackhawks defense has been uh, pretty lackluster for the most part during this losing skid. The only reason, a main reason, I guess I should say, uh, a lot of their final outcomes haven't been too lopsided is because Arvid Soderblom has been doing a tremendous job in net with Peter Morazic and Alex Stalock out. Uh, but it, it just really felt like it was almost going to happen last night. It, it just felt like it was too perfect of a scenario for Ovechkin not to reach the 800 goal plateau. Uh, I had an Ovechkin anytime goal score ticket. I don't think I've ever won a bet 24 seconds into the game. It, it was absolutely incredible, but 
Uh, of course, Ovechkin goes on to get the hat trick to lead the Caps to a 7-3 victory. Two goals coming in the first period. Uh, the third, the big one, coming midway through the third period. Uh, and just what an incredible moment at the UC last night, folks. Literal hockey history. And uh, I'm, I'm really disappointed in kicking myself that I wasn't in attendance for this one last night because I had plans to go with one of my buddies, just kind of fell through in the afternoon. I'm also going to the game on Thursday. So it was just like, all right, no harm, no foul. We'll head to the UC on Thursday night, see the next game. Then, of course, history happens. So uh, pretty disappointing that I wasn't there to see this one. But what an achievement by Alex Ovechkin. Uh, the third player, as I mentioned, in NHL history to reach 800 goals. Now just one shy of tying Gordie Howe for second in NHL history. And only 94 short now of the great one, Wayne Gretzky. And listen, I get that Ovechkin, you know, He's getting up there. He just turned 37 in September, but this guy still hasn't shown any signs of slowing down. Looking at his numbers the past few seasons, in 45 games during the COVID-shortened 2021 season, he had 24 goals that year. He had 50 goals in 70 games last year, and now he's already got 21 in the first 30 games this season. Really, uh, just incredible stuff from the great eight, and I really do hope he continues on this pace and goes on to pass the great one uh, because it, it just is meant to be at this point. It, it really feels that way. I don't think there's any doubt about who the greatest goal scorer of all time is, but to settle all arguments, Ovechkin, I hope, will go on to pass Wayne Gretzky. And I really do believe it's possible. He's already gotten over one big hurdle here, surpassing the 800-goal milestone on his historic career. Also, I definitely wanted to talk for a moment about the reaction from the great Blackhawks fans last night when Ovechkin did score his 800th career goal. And I know the Blackhawks and Jonathan Taves talked about this after the game saying uh, it might have been a cool moment for the fans, but it, it kind of stung to hear them, you know, rooting for an opposing goal and uh, cheering OV, OV after reaching the milestone. But I don't know what more you expect them to do in a moment like that. And I thought it was a, a really cool moment and the right reaction from the Blackhawks fans. I mean, how many times do you actually see the home fans cheering for an opposing goal? And it was also the one that basically sealed the deal for the Capitals to win the game. Um, but good on the Blackhawks fans for recognizing, you know, they were witnessing history, witnessing uh, an unbelievable moment that who, who knows very well could never be hit again. I mean, it's possible. No one thought another guy was going to hit 800 before Ovechkin. It can happen. It, it also can't. Who knows? That's kind of the crazy thing about history. Um, and I thought I wanted to share this. Excuse me. I got the coffee hiccups here right now. I wanted to share this really cool moment from uh, a really cool quote from Capitals coach Peter Laviolette about that moment, about the Blackhawks fans recognizing that they had just seen something that only three guys have achieved in the entire history of the NHL. Uh, Laviolette said, the fans here did a really good job of taking a second and just honoring something because they're hockey fans. And what happened was a hockey moment. It wasn't about a win or a loss or Chicago against Washington. Somebody did something great and the hockey fans in Chicago noticed. So for those Blackhawks fans in attendance last night, uh, hopefully I have some of you listening to the show. Right on. Right freaking on. I would have been doing the exact same thing if, you know, things went to fruition and 
stupid me didn't end up missing the game last night, I would have been on my feet celebrating, chanting, OV, OV. I mean, I- I've been to two Blackhawks games this season against Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers. And after seeing what McDavid is able to do on the ice, I felt like I almost wanted to cheer seeing him score some of those highlight real type goals. So I don't think it's a shameful moment at all for the Blackhawks fans. I get the frustration from the players. Um, but I really I thought it was a really cool moment in history from the Blackhawks fans last night. Something you just don't see very often in professional sports. The home team or, or just fans genuinely cheerful and rooting and happy for an opponent. It was a really cool moment, I thought. Uh, and good on the Blackhawks fans for recognizing that in the midst of Alex, Alex Ovechkin hitting an unbelievable milestone. All right, there are my quick thoughts on the Blackhawks being on the wrong end of hockey history last night against the Capitals. Coming up in just a moment, I will talk a little bit more about the game itself and also the putrid effort from the Blackhawks defense. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all pro and college sports betting needs and info this season. You can find all of the latest game developments, matchups, news, and podcasts on whatever game you want to place a wager on. And Bet Online is also your continued source for all pro sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and game scores. And I personally love it because it's both the fastest and the easiest way to place a wager. And they have everything from the NHL, NBA, college basketball, NFL. The FIFA World Cup is wrapping up here in a couple of days. They got UFC, all MMA, boxing, and even golf. They really do have everything. So head on over to the website today, or you can also use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Segment two, getting into uh, the game itself a little bit last night. To me, I don't know if you all will feel the same way about this as I do, but I felt like we kind of got a snippet of both Blackhawks teams that we've seen so far here in the early going this season. The one that grinds hard, and when they do the little things well, they have the capabilities to play against the better teams in this league. And then there's also the team that's worthy of being in the conversation for the worst team in the entire NHL. And to open the game, that was the team we saw. Blackhawks came out of the gate super sloppy, uh, and looked like they were nowhere near ready to defend the greatest goal scorer in NHL history. Ovechkin goes and opens the scoring just 24 seconds in. Um, real, again, I don't think I've ever hit a bet 24 seconds into a game. It, it was ridiculous. And even the broadcast team wasn't ready for that one. Like They had a snippet of Chris Chelios reading the Blackhawks starting lineup going on while Ovechkin was potting that goal. No one was ready for that to, uh, to, for that to occur, including the Chicago Blackhawks. And then even after that, they were still really sluggish and were stuck defending for the first half of the entire opening period. Ovechkin on a power play winds up netting his second. And just like that, Blackhawks find themselves in a two-goal deficit, not a recipe for success for this team. They've now given up the first goal in 22 of 27 games this year. And I talked on the show yesterday how I thought scoring first would have been huge for their momentum. It would have kind of uh, allowed them to play, I think, a little bit more comfortably. It also perhaps could have 
shut down the talk about Alex Ovechkin and all that. Well, the opposite wound up occurring in this one. Ovechkin gets his first, only intensifies the talk and all the chatter about uh, him him closing in on that milestone. So a real disappointing start from the Blackhawks, putting themselves behind the eight ball once again, which has just happened way too much here early on this season. I will give them credit though. After falling behind two to nothing, they really picked up their play. And this was the other team I'm talking about, the team that battles hard and finds a way to get back into games. And late in the first period, after getting controlled for the majority of the opening 20 minutes, Tyler Johnson goes and nets a goal to cut the deficit in half. A really cool welcome back moment for Tyler Johnson. Uh, he had missed the last 20 games due to an ankle injury. And an interesting little tidbit that's, you know, I'm sure very irrelevant, but the Blackhawks were 4-2-0 with Tyler Johnson to open up the year. He missed 20 games. They went 3-13-4 during that stretch. So uh, in reality, I know Tyler Johnson doesn't have that big of an impact on the team, uh, but an interesting little note there and great to see him uh, get a goal in his first game back. Hopefully he can pick up right where he left off because he looked tremendous early on in the season. And then even in the second period, the Blackhawks did fall behind 3-1. to one. The Caps regained their two-goal lead. But for the majority of that middle frame, the Blackhawks were step-for-step step and finally got some momentum in their sails. And uh, they managed to cut the deficit to one just once again with a really good pushback. Jonathan Taves on the power play winds up snapping his eight-game goal drought for his ninth goal of the season. He had a ton of really good scoring opportunities in those, in those first two periods. Charlie Lindgren somehow, someway, just kept getting the better of him. Mateus finally uh, was able to sneak one past him again for his ninth goal of the season. But the backbreaker for the Blackhawks was the goal they gave up after all that hard work just a few with just a few minutes to go in the second period. Jack Johnson and Seth Jones both get caught up high. They turn the puck over, give up a 2-on-0 to the Capitals in transition. Credit to Peter Morazic did uh, a really good job of making the initial save, but both Johnson and Jones kind of just quit on the play and were standing around by their net. The puck finds its way to the trailer, and Morazic wasn't able to get that one. So boom, just like that, all their hard work is for not to the Blackhawks fall back behind by two, four to two going into the third period. And then in the final 20 minutes, things really started to unravel. A really poor finish to this game by the Blackhawks defense, in particular for that Jack Johnson-Seth Jones pairing. I mean, neither guy was any good at all last night. And I talked about this in the past couple episodes. I really think it's time to switch things up on the defensive side of things. Got to start mixing up the pairings a little bit because it's apparent right now this isn't working. Jack Johnson has been... I give him credit for, you know, battling out there and playing 20 minutes a game when his body's probably not capable of doing that anymore. Um, but it, it's apparent that he's just not capable of handling that role. I think you got to give Jake McCabe the top line spot back with Seth Jones. You got to try something different because right now it's clearly not working. Uh, and, and I think Seth Jones, no doubt about it, terrible game last night. One of the worst I've seen him play as a Blackhawk. I think you got to give him more help, though. You got to give him more help. I don't know if he's capable of defensively anchoring a pairing by himself, especially with a guy like Jack Johnson. I think it would do him a lot of favors pairing him up with a defensively responsible Jake McCabe and freeing Seth up to do a little bit more on the offensive side of things. So yeah, the, the things really just went on to unravel in the third period. It, it felt like the Blackhawks 
kind of knew late in this game, especially after Ovechkin wound up scoring his 800th to make it 5-2, to two, it, it felt like they knew it was over. Uh, a really sloppy performance from the Blackhawks defense, and it was certainly capable of happening uh, considering it was the first game back for Peter Morazic after missing the past few due to an injury. And that's what happens when the Blackhawks don't have a goaltender standing on their head. They're just defensively inept right now, giving up way too many chances. And Peter Morazic, he gave up a couple of bad goals last night, but he was also getting cooked. And a lot of the time, the Blackhawks defenseman didn't do him any favors. So uh, a pretty sloppy performance last night. Blackhawks wind up giving up seven, a touchdown to the Washington Capitals in their 18th loss in the last 21 games. One other thing I definitely wanted to be sure to talk about for a moment on today's show, folks, is the goal scoring struggle that Patrick Kane is going through right now. I referenced this on Twitter last night, but for those of you who may not have saw it, uh, after not finding the back of the net again last night, Patrick Kane now is, is still stuck on four goals for the season, and he scored just twice in his last 20 games going all the way back to October 29th. It's been tough for 88, but it hasn't been due to a lack of him shooting the pucker, being aggressive with the puck on his stick in the offensive zone, no, because uh, with seven shots on goal last night from Kaner to lead the Blackhawks, he's now recorded at least three shots on goal in 12 consecutive games, and he's also done that 15 times during this 20-game stretch where he's really struggled to find the back of the net. He's just not getting any bounces right now. And I feel like, yeah, part of it too is a lot of his shots are coming from the outside. He's not getting good looks inside the dot. It's been an issue for the Blackhawks as a team this season and really for the past few years now. Uh, So I recognize that's probably played an impact in Kaner's uh, shooting percentage being so down, he's not getting a ton of looks from, you know, real fine, high quality spots, but still it's definitely, you know, just hasn't gotten any puck luck and hasn't gotten anything to go his way. And that's part of hockey. We, we saw this happen with Alex Dabrinkit a few years ago. And, you know, even kind of this season, people have said they've had their critiques. Oh, he's not a true goal scorer. We shouldn't pay him. When a shooting percentage goes back to what it tends to be, He's one of the best in the entire NHL. So sometimes you're just not getting puck luck in hockey. That sadly is a thing. And I I think when you go and look at Patrick Kane's shooting percentage, it's 4.2% right now, folks. Again, I'm sure where he's shooting the puck from isn't helping, but for it to be that low, there's definitely got to be a little bit of that involved. Because looking for reference, looking at some of his career numbers, uh, Kane has only shot below 10% five times in his entire NHL career. And four of those, he shot at least 9%. It was barely below the 10% mark. His career low, the only time he wasn't at at least 9% was two seasons ago, the COVID-shortened 2021 season, when he shot 7.9%. So to be at 4.2%, I mean, it tells you probably how frustrated Patrick Kane is here right now. Just can't buy a goal at the moment. And I'm sure in addition to all the losses that the Blackhawks are suffering here as of late, um, it's not made things very easy for him. So I, I feel for Kaner right now. You can tell he's getting frustrated. Um, it, it's been tough. Hopefully he can you know, start finding some holes a little bit more frequently here and uh, help the Blackhawks out offensively. They desperately could use him finding the back of the net more often. So I'm sure it's been quite frustrating for Patrick Kane the past couple of months and what could be his final season as a member of the Chicago Blackhawks. 
before apologies before i wrap up the show today folks i also wanted to be sure to uh, take a quick look around the NHL right now at the Connor Bedard watch, aka the bottom of the standings in the league, and see who's uh, currently giving the Blackhawks a run for their money at the number one overall pick. So, as of this morning, the worst team in the entire NHL is the Anaheim Ducks, and they look like they're going to be the biggest challenger for the Blackhawks right now. They're uh, Jay Frosh Hockey, who is someone I subscribe to to look at player cards, team cards. I'm not, and this is something I actually do want to talk about on the show for a moment. I'm not the biggest analytics guy, and I don't think analytics should be the end-all, be-all of hockey, but they're definitely helpful when you want to go and learn more about the player, especially certain aspects of their game. Analytics and advanced stats, they're undoubtedly helpful. I just don't think you should try and paint the whole picture with them. That's my standpoint at least on this whole thing but analytically <laughs> Anaheim is horrendous and they only have 17 points so far on the season they're 7 20 and 3 through 30 games looks like they're going to be the biggest challenger at least as of right now for the Chicago Blackhawks in the Connor Bedard watch Blackhawks are currently the second worst team in the entire NHL with 18 points they're 7 16 and 4 through 27 games They've lost 18 of their last 21 to get them right back in the mix for the number one overall selection. Uh, and you can expect them to be right here in contention for the rest of the way, Blackhawks fans. Third worst team in the entire NHL is Columbus. Still have no idea why Johnny Goudreau elected to go there. I get that he wanted to raise a family there and he likes the area, but man, losing can't be fun. And I think Columbus is going to be doing some more of that these next couple of years. They got 22 points. They're 10, 16, and 2 through 28 games. I feel like they're going to be in contention for most of the way. It's just not a good team. They're just, they're just not, when you look at them on paper, they're not a good team. Um, but I expect Arizona, the next team, to be in contention a little bit more than maybe they are right now. Uh, I mean, hey, they're still close. They only have 22 points, but they're 9-14-4 through 27 games. They have only lost in regulation and half of their contests so far. And looking at that team on paper, I mean, it is brutal, 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 brutal. I really expect Arizona to be in the conversation all season long. I think Carl Vemelka's ability and that to steal some games uh, might not be doing them any favors in the long run. This is, of course, all part of their plans to be here. Uh, I don't think they're going anywhere. They're inevitably, uh, I believe at least, going to be losing some more games here the rest of the way. San Jose is the next team up with 25 points. And through the first, you know, week, first couple of weeks, first month of the season, San Jose looked like they were going to be right there for the worst team in the entire NHL. But their offense has really come alive. Eric Carlson has kind of just put that team on his back. They're now up to 25 points and are 10, 16, and 5 through their first 31 games. I don't think they're probably going to be in contention when it's all said and done, unless, you know, they get lucky through the draft lottery. Can't forget about that, Blackhawks fans. Regardless of where you finish, it's all going to come down to the lottery. The next team, well, tied with San Jose, actually, is the Philadelphia Flyers, a team that uh, a lot of people thought was going to give the Blackhawks a run for their money. They've been a little bit better here through the early portion of the season than most folks expected. They're 9, 14, and 7 through 30 games. So a lot of games for them have reached extra time, and they get a point each time that happens. Only nine wins, but also only 14 regulation losses. And then 
Next, we have the Ottawa Senators, someone or a team that a lot of people had being, you know, uh, a sneaky playoff caliber squad out in the Eastern Conference. They have not lived up to those expectations so far. Alex DeBrinkett, it's been a struggle for the former Blackhawk 40 goal scorer. Ottawa only has 26 points right now. They're 12, 14, and 2 through 28 games. Not the start uh, them or their fans were hoping to get off to. And feels like every year they're in contention for that number one overall pick. Uh, hopefully the Blackhawks do not have a rebuild that goes as long as the Ottawa Senators or else it's going to be a tough next, what, decade here in Chicago? Uh, not to throw jabs at the Senators. It just feels like, come on, folks, some point you got to get over that hurdle. They just haven't been able to do so yet, despite having arguably the best offseason of any NHL team. I do feel like Ottawa is probably going to go on a run here at some point. They're just far too talented in my mind, even though they are still weak defensively and in net. <clears throat> Excuse me. I feel like that's their Achilles heel, and that's what's really going to hold them back. But offensively, they're very gifted, and I think that's inevitably going to steal some games for them down the stretch. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Wednesday, December 14th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Make sure if you're not already to go and follow the show for free wherever you get your podcasts and to go and subscribe on YouTube and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Thanks again for making Lockdown Blackhawks your first listen here today. Now for your second listen, make sure to go and check out Lockdown Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scenes and the scoreboard with local experts that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube, this app, and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you all for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, that's going to do it here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.